Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix. This is the third time that I have tried recording this episode. I'm starting to think my microphone might be a little bit cursed. I did unplug it for a little while earlier and it just, it's gone a little bit funny, but bear with, we will be fine. Today I'm reviewing Witch by Barbara Michaels. Um, I'm just going to open by saying I don't really like books that just have like one word titles, especially one word titles that are insanely generic and very popular in that I currently have two other books in my to read pile called just witch and I have already reviewed one as well so this did not fill me with good feelings about the content of the book and whether it was going to be so original or not this book was actually published in 1989 and I didn't know a huge amount about it going in uh, the blurb is kind of not terribly informative about the actual content of the book but from what I could gather um, from it I was kind of expecting another book like oddly enough The Witches which also had a generic title that it shared with other things where it was sort of like you know an evil satanic witch cult in a town um, and this woman was going to move there and have all sorts of problems but that's not actually what happened. I'm going to read you the blurb now just so you get an idea of where I was at when I started reading this. For Ellen March, the secluded old house nestled in the pine woods is more than the dream home she's long been searching for. It's an escape, a chance to start over, to forget the pain of her failed marriage and enjoy the restful pace of small town living. Here too is a golden opportunity to get to know Norman McKay, her handsome and worldly new neighbour. But after dark in Ellen's perfect house, strange visions invade her restless mind. Silent strangers moving through the twilight shadows, the ghostly figure of a woman and a spectral white cat. Ellen came here hoping to bury the past, but something terrifying has taken its place. Her safe haven has become her prison and there is no escape. Having finished the book today, I can say with 75% certainty that whoever wrote that blurb hadn't read the book because it's not very representative of the actual plot. But there we go. I had a little bit of an issue getting into this book because although it is written, although it was published in the like late 80s, like basically nearly the 90s, and it's set in America, it kind of reads a lot like The Witches. Like it kind of reads like it was set in the 1960s and was written then and is based in England because there's a lot of like people just talking in a very stilted and very formal way with people that they wouldn't necessarily be so formal with and especially in the opening chapters it reads like the writer has used a thesaurus on literally every fucking word and I actually read a, a section of this out loud to um, my family because I was like can you believe that this is, is what someone has decided to write their book like so um, here's a short excerpt from the start of the book just to let you know sort of where I was at when I started reading this. The map had been adequate. Ellen glanced at it once more. Yes, this had to be the place, and she might as well stop procrastinating. There was still no sign of life from the house. Although she was mildly apprehensive about the eccentric Ed, she hoped he was at home. It would be maddening to have made the trip for nothing. She got out of the car, dropped her cigarette on the ground and stepped on it and then jumped back as the voice shook the air. Madam, kindly do not drop pollutants on my property. Ellen glanced wildly about the clearing. There was no one in sight. However, a shuddering movement in the rose bushes suggested the possibility of a person behind them. Obediently, she bent over and picked up her cigarette butt. Her white gloves were not improved by the gesture. 
A more violent shudder of the roses produced obstetrically a human form. This was no baby. It was a tall, erect old man with gold-rimmed spectacles and an incredible beard. As Ellen approached, she noticed that the spectacles were held together with tape and that the beard was curly. It was a grey beard and it, ma and it reached the man's belt. His shirt sleeves, and presumably the rest of that garment, were of rough blue homespun. The eyes behind the spectacles were a vivid, piercing blue. You have come, dispatched by the abominable female in Warrington, in regard to the house of my late aunt, said a voice from amid the beard. So you can kind of see what I was up against. I really struggled to get into it because the way it's written, like, the actual sentence structure is very bizarre. Like, no human has ever spoken ever, and like I have never read dialogue written in all my live-long days. And just... A lot of the, the words that were chosen and used just seem like really overly complex, overly formal for what is essentially like a kind of cheap thrillery novel that you would buy uh, just to take on holiday with you. It just seems a little bit strange. I'm glad I pushed past that really because somewhere like just beyond that, sort of around the 36, 37 page mark, when we get into the story of the woman who owned Ellen's house, um, like historically, like 200 years ago, it becomes a little bit more interesting. And then the plot starts to unfold a bit and you kind of get the idea of where it's going. And it, it goes interesting places and is a little bit unpredictable, which I enjoyed immensely. It does it on occasion, usually when there's not enough characters around to like drive the plot and when there's no action happening lapse back into that overly observant overly stilted mental thing that was happening at the beginning of the book but for the most part the action sequences and actual plot scenes are more are written more in a style that you would recognize as being like an actual novel that you would be able to read with your human eyes and enjoy so the blurb on the back of the book doesn't really tell you anything about the plot. For example, it says that she's there to escape and start over from a failed marriage. But her husband is literally never mentioned, or well, her ex-husband, because it's mentioned that she's divorced and that she has been living for the last 10 years with her brother-in-law and his two children um, and her daughter because her sister has died. And so she's moved in to like take care of them. And that she has kind of a... a flame burning like she carries a torch for uh, her brother-in-law but obviously because of the complicated nature of the relationship she's not really making a move she's not so sure about herself and what to do about that and she's moving to this house because he's taking a job overseas the kids are moving out and going to college and she gets to go and retire somewhere quiet and peaceful and now also it makes a lot about uh, the ghost and the apparitions and things in the plot these aren't really that big of a deal I think it only happens like three or four times throughout the novel there is essentially um, a history to the house that she's bought which is where the witch element comes into the story uh, essentially 200 years previously her house was built by a frontiersman or sort of early American pioneer guy who married a woman who was foreign apparently from some sort of Catholic Spanish speaking country so like Spain or maybe Italy oh no they don't speak Spanish there but it's not really clear what language is involved here but just that 
was a Catholic country and very foreign. And that after he died, she became shunned by the townspeople who viewed her as weird because she didn't sell up or remarry. She ran his business as her own. And she got a lot of flack and was suspected of being a witch because obviously she didn't attend their church and she didn't do things their way. And eventually she was murdered, I guess. Um, I'm going to trigger warn because there are some mentions of suicide because... It's unclear as to what actually happened to her at certain points in the novel, whether she was murdered or whether she killed herself. So be warned going in. And through this story, it's kind of like a foreshadowing event of Ellen's relationship with the actual community because they have this like weird church, which is like the church of the wrath of God. Um, and it's essentially like a very strongly right-wing church in that they don't like Jewish people, they don't like any other branch of Christianity that isn't their specific church, they hate all other ethnicities except white people, and they basically just don't like women at all, so that's sort of what she's up against when she moves there. Now there are several layers to the plot and I don't want to give away any spoilers in case you decide to go and read it for yourself because some of the plot events were genuinely surprising, like I did not see them coming, it was, it was, it was really good. I wouldn't say that the plot revolves around a haunting or entirely around the witch story, but the way those elements are drawn into it and worked through the plot definitely gave it a really good witchy feel. No one in the story is actually like a practicing witch or does anything relating to witchcraft, but it's mentioned enough um, that you kind of don't mind. It definitely gave me a little bit of witch fulfillment, even though there were no actual witches in evidence in the cast of characters. The main plot line, aside from the witch stuff that's going on, is to do with Ellen's new neighbour Norman, which is an unlikely name for a romantic hero, but uh, he is the guardian of his nephew, who's called Tim. Tim is a bit of a problem child. He has been accused of various violent crimes around town and of hurting animals and doing various other Things that you would usually see in someone who is about to star in an episode of Criminal Minds. But um, there's sort of twists and turns to do with that story as well, which I'm going to trigger warn for various different kinds of abuse and mentions of sexual assault as well. And there's also various different signs to Norman, who is sort of love interest character, I guess, for Ellen for most of the book. I will say on some of the stuff that was perhaps less surprising about the plot, no character has ever turned up flanked by two Dobermans and been a good person. You are either literally the devil or some near devilish evil person. Like, no one turns up with just like, maybe one Doberman. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But if you have two that follow, like, only your commands and extremely closely, then I'm going to be keeping, like, half an eye on you because you could literally be evil and I was not surprised by that. I kind of had my best experience with the book during like the middle third uh, when the plot was ticking along quite nicely a lot of weird things were happening there were like storms weird supernatural occurrences clashes with these incredibly religious people in the town it had all the makings of like a really good um, horror film from like the 80s unironically um but then towards the end, it does fall into that trap of getting very expositional. Uh, most of the actual like plot 
going on behind the plot, if you see what I mean, is revealed by Ellen's daughter basically sitting her down and going, oh my god, mom, do you not see what's happening here? And then f explaining what is happening to her for like 17 pages, which is effective as a way of getting across the plot, but at the same time did feel like I had been frog-marched to a chair, sat down and then literally just talked at as opposed to this stuff being revealed more organically, which I feel like it could have been done that way. There's quite a lot of peril going on in the latter stages of the novel. The stakes kind of amp up quite nicely. But um, I kind of lost it a little bit towards the end where they started going into whether they thought the ghost was real or not. It just was a bit airy-fairy and wishy-washy and the dialogue started to trickle back towards where it had been at the start of the novel, which is just almost unreadably obscure and weird so the beginning and end like the very beginning and very tail end of the novel um, kind of reverted to type in the sense that I could barely read them and keep my eyes open and focus on what was going on the midsection of the novel is actually like a really good story and I think it would make a really good movie as well which I'm surprised it hasn't been made into one to be honest because there are a lot of films like The Witches, which I previously reviewed, um, which like this kind of culty, witch, conspiracy, thriller tone, um, which we don't really get those sorts of films now, but which you more associate with like the 1970s, 1980s. So I'm kind of surprised that this one didn't make it into a film. I guess maybe coming at the tail end of the 80s, it was just too late. You know, we were getting into the 90s. We didn't want any of that thriller nonsense. We were making like slasher films and shit with people with their tits out. I've weirdly enough picked up quite a few books in the last like week or so. I need to stop buying books. It's a problem. But about people who move or inherit and then move to houses that are in the middle of the woods. And I think that's still a really atmospheric setting that you can choose for any type of novel even if it's like the kind of wish fulfillment -y, chick lit romance novel or thrillers or straight up horror novels it's like a kind of setting that does it all which is weird uh, but I definitely enjoyed this one and if you get the opportunity like if you find a copy of this out and about or if you're not really sure what you want to read but maybe you want to like read something that's like a little bit thrillery a little bit mystery but isn't too strenuous or serious like it's no Stieg Larsson but you could give this a look I wouldn't say it's like a must to add to your collection because it's not really technically about witches in the sense that I would really prefer and which I guess if you're listening to this podcast you would prefer also it doesn't have a lot of those fantasy elements neither does it have anything in it that we would really recognize as being like modern paganism um, but what it does have is that atmosphere and it has some of these same elements as in Chocolat, the book and the film, in the sense of that, like, outsider, the woman being persecuted by a community that she's gone to with her, like, free-thinking ideas, or, you know, free-thinking for the 1980s. Because I am trying to boost up my terrible Goodreads reading challenge for the year, I'm, like, four books behind at this point, it's very embarrassing i'm going to be reading another book called witch which is by christopher pike uh, and that is going to be probably the next episode just get all these witch books done together but 
it is starting to annoy me that a lot of them have the same titles when you could have called them so many other things and just calling it witch is a little bit unimaginative i'm also going to start doing uh, reviews where i bundle different spell books together because i feel like i've done some reviews of like individual spell books but a lot of them are quite generic and there's not really a lot to say about them so i'm going to try and do them in like twos and threes uh try and get them together with the same theme so that you're getting a little bit more content per episode um and also I, i'm really probably not going to buy any more of them because the, the pile is getting quite full at the moment. It's in danger of falling over. And there are just so many spellbooks out there. And I think we all know that they're not going to have anything new or different about them. If you do find one or see one on your travels that you think might be new and different. And not just, you know, the same thing over and over again. Which I get kind of tired of reading, to be honest. Do let me know. Um, you can do so in like the normal ways, which is Twitter and by the email address. For the podcast so check out the description box for those and draw me any recommendations of any films or books that you think are like this that you like or any films or books that are just called witch because apparently i'm building a collection of those at the moment in the meantime i hope you enjoyed this review and i'll see you in the next one bye <laughs>